Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary status. Talking with Andy Pagel here, uh, Marshall County's uh, head soccer coach. What has been the biggest surprise to you or the thing that kind of shocked you becoming a coach that you didn't anticipate? The head coach? Yeah. Oh, well, from the time I left as an assistant to the time I came back as a head coach, a lot of additional requirements were added. Even my assistant coaches have to do things I didn't have to do, sports safety courses. We had to do one to get the job and I got mine in 1994 at Apollo, and that was good forever. But now we've got to take the updates every year online, every other year on some things. The first aid and CPR used to be optional and recommended to an assistant coach. The, the red book rules, we call them, for accounting and auditing purposes through the school have become so incredibly tight. To order a pizza, I have to get about three or four pieces of paper. And I usually ask for alternate forms of payment that they don't like a purchase order number versus a credit card and it's just become more and more of a hassle in those kind of ways and I can't let myself get tired of that cuz coaching is my love but sometimes I find myself in being more of an administrator yeah. going kind of following with that question you were talking about the big picture yes, a while ago mm-hmm. What is the big picture as as a sure. soccer coach at Marshall County? I think sometimes I have it figured out, and I, sometimes I don't. Uh, I will say this: that on the last day, we whenever we lose our last game, there's only been one time in '02 as assistant where we played in the last game. It's kind of weird because we knew it was going to be the last game. We lost it, but it was the state finals. Um, but uh, when we come back, and I've got these seniors, and they're upset. There's no way you can console them. We're in the locker room. That's when we have our team time. The banquet is for the parents, and we have our talk with the team after that last game, and everyone gets a chance to speak. And I told the guys, I said, don't ever let this be the best moment of your life. Don't be one of those people that talks about, this is the best it ever gets. I'm sorry. Your life is bad. I said, go out. Be good husbands be good fathers be good coaches be good youth leaders organizers church leaders be those kind of people because the kind of people that do what we did growing up all the three of us are the kind of people that are called upon to lead and i said you're just getting a taste of it and always come back and give back to the game that has been so good to you this comes up a lot in other conversations we've had with coaches is raising good citizens, not Absolutely. good ball players, but no. good citizens. I mean, we've got kids, and I always tell the kids, I said, I never judged you based on how well you can run or make a pass or shot. I said, I love you all. Some people play more than others, and they probably perceive that I don't like them as much. But I think they sense that I, I will check on them. I've been to quite a few funerals when grandparents or someone has passed away, and I, I can't make them all. But in the end, they need to know someone's looking after them for their grades. We have study halls. They need to know someone is checking up on them and trying to kick them in the rear at times when they're going into a lull. There's so much that goes into that aspect of it. 
that's the rewarding part, though. It's like that with teaching, too. I try to get to know where, where my students work or what they're doing. I can't be, I don't want to be ultra nosy, but they'll work more for you if you'll get to know who they are and do the best you can to have a that relationship and look after them. And it's just a game and it's a vehicle to get to the citizenship part. I, I always try to think, what's our next angle? How can we? do a better job and we'll always try to be the best we always we think we're different my coach donnie heath and brian blevins and i always talk about being different carrying ourselves a certain way professionally not getting emotional and flighty in a tough moment and that's why when marsh county soccer gets in the playoffs we're a very tough out because we've been there we see teams that will go we'll look at like a I'll throw Tillman out there. They start off like 8-0. We're like, when's the wheel going to fall off of that one? And sure enough, they get a little adversity, and they end up 10-8 and or something. And uh, disappointing. And I'm, I'm throwing Tillman out there, but it, it, it has been Lone Oak. You know what it's like when you can tell your boys, we were here last year, and we were disappointed. We lost. Here we are. We won this thing last year. Let's go do it again. Because everyone knows that we're going to go and play the toughest schedule we can play and go to Madisonville and go to Owensboro and drive where we have to drive to play and maybe end the season at 10-8, and 8, but we're going to, in the regular season, 10-8, we're going to end the real season 6-0, and 0, whatever it is, 5-0. and 0. Talking about maybe that. Maybe I should say 5-1. and 1. We usually, <laughs> There's one we usually lose in there. At the yeah. Unless you're, let's you're the last one standing, you got a one, yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Talk about, you're talking about some successes and so forth. Mm-hmm. How do you define success as a coach with your team? Reaching your potential. I've been disappointed in teams that were that had more potential that didn't reach it. And, and you've reflected on seasons, I know, even as a youth coach, did we get better? Did we get, did we address our needs? Did we compete did we show up every day were we consistent and and do we see it through you know and did we follow the values that and that we have i think that's it we one of the biggest things we do is a soccer program and don walker started it back in like 92 or something we go on a father-son camping trip every year in the middle of the season we'll go to the okoe river and that somehow we can have the worst week going into that. It can look like the wheels are about to fall off. We'll go get in that cold mountain water, and we come back, and we're liable to run off five in a row. There's just something about going and not talking about soccer, paddling the Hiawassee together for a few hours, then going down that next morning on the Okoe River. Have you ever been on that river? I have. I okay. Have, yeah. That'll bond. That'll yes. bring you together. <laughs> And well, you and, know, the other thing I could see where that would be an advantage, if you've got a kid that's struggling, maybe he doesn't come back from that trip. Would that be an angle? Well, Andy? that's, you know, I've elbowed a few off the edge, but those are the kids that always come back. It's like a roach. You just can't, you know. But oh, we never have those kids. What are you talking about? Never. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, no, all, no. An, they're all mama's angels. Yeah. Well, but, you know, but those uh, are great. That's a great, and we repel. If it's not raining, it almost always rains on us. And that's a kind of another bonding moment, too. But Yeah. Well, you go through adversity together. Absolutely. Shared suffering. You know, I people who I've always heard, the people that go through war, those guys are oh, brothers sure. forever. And, you know, although sports is not war, it, sure. it's a type of battle or yeah, conflict. We can never call it war. Yeah. By the way, I saw something last night called Our World War. If you want to see a really good Netflix World War One documentary, if you like that stuff. But yeah. you're right. We... Uh, 
we don't go to we can talk about going into battle and we all use all the analogies but there are good analogies to be made there but you're right i mean you go in there and you've you know and this sounds cliche but when you know everyone's exhausted and you gave it everything you had and you might have come up short you know you can live with that i don't know a whole lot about soccer i know the basics and from watching you so guys I like watching basketball the World Cup. spacing and stuff we can talk about that later <laughs> well you know the the thing that's always and as i was listening to um i've listened to all the wcbl podcasts i've listened to uh, mr sun and sure and those guys and you know soccer to me is kind of difficult in the standpoint of you can score a lot of goals and then get waved off, and you lose a game one to nothing, and you might have scored four goals, but they get waved off. That's got to be well. That's got to be tough, isn't it? It is for the outsider, but we accept that as part of the game. Uh, you must be talking about offsides or something like that. And I'm, I'm going to sound off. like a really dumb redneck hick when I say this. Yeah, you are a baseball. The guy. way, yes, a baseball or even a snowbirder in basketball. Okay. In my book, <laughs> that's the best kind. If you get rid of offsides, soccer may be the greatest game in the world. That's what people say. Hockey has that rule. Yes, no they one do. They should get rid of it too. I'm with. I'm with. Well, it keeps you from snowbirding. It yeah. keeps everyone it's supposed to keep everyone honest, but it is a very difficult thing. And I know of uh, Ricky Jones who. Has been a principal at the high school and in the board office, and he's like, "How come you can't score? You got a goal the size of a semi trailer, <laughs> and yet basketball players can throw a ball thirty feet and then twenty five feet the size of the the ball itself, and it goes in all the time. Go out and give it a try." Yeah, yeah but <laughs> and I joke about all no, sides. Sure. That's always my. That's no, always you're my right. Thing. I mean, we yeah. we've had them disallowed. And it's frustrating, but it is a part of your game. You just have to go back and get it back. And that's the adversity thing. And then we've scored on some goals we shouldn't have scored. And it's a the referees have the ultimate control in soccer. And our discipline system is built into the rules with the yellow cards and the red cards. They don't go back and review film and the NBA doesn't make an you know, they don't make an announcement a day later and they reviewed it. I mean the you know, you do something in infraction during the game, it's a yellow card, could be for mouthing. It could be for an extra hard tackle. If we get a yellow card, I'm okay with it being a hard tackle as long as it's not dirty, but, you know, the yellows from mouthing cause problems. And a red card is the one where you, you're you down. If you get red carded, Dax, you can't finish the game. You're yeah. off, and your team has to play a man down. The rest of the game. The rest of the game. And then you can't play in the next game, but your team can have the 11th player back. Wow. Yeah. It does seem to me it's almost a respect issue. The The players have to respect that referee. We're supposed to, but yeah. it doesn't. It's not that. It's not as good as it should be. Yeah. It isn't. And uh, you see, like, uh, trash talking worse and worse in basketball. You know, you probably experimented with it some yourself, but but we weren't very good at it. That's another podcast. Yes. Andy. Okay. <laughs> but uh, – you know, um, the referees, uh, you got to teach them respect the game, and there's so much emotion. Like in hockey, I can understand why they, they want to get in fights all the time because you're, you're going all the time. You don't have the brakes to cool down. You're always out there. You feel like the you, you get hit the wrong way, and the referee doesn't call it. Soccer players are, are bad or, from my point of view, bad about saying things to the referee, and the refs are bad about taking it sometimes too and you'll see that at the professional level as well and that's just something that's part of the game i don't like and a lot of people don't but. so we're talking with andy pagel a soccer coach at head soccer coach at marshall county for the boys so andy i'm let's say i've got a young kid mm-hmm. what would you as the coach at marshall county say to me 
to help me produce the next Pele. Uh, what, what would be what would be, there? There's a there's a blast from the past. Right? Yeah. I've done my homework. Yeah. Messi, how about Messi? Yeah, yeah. Don't ever say I, you know Messi's current. Let's we yeah. gotta go way back here. Yes. So, uh, what would advice would you give me as a as a parent of a young? Well, my kids. I get parents coming up to me all the time, even ones that I coach. Yeah, well, she's going to this lesson or she's going to that place, and I'm like, just find a wall and kick off back and forth because that wall won't make a mistake. You know, repetition, 100 touches a day. Some kids go and get goals and shoot in their backyard, and that's fine and all. But what gets you better is the short part of the game. Like I said, working on your your first touch is what separates. I don't know if you know what touches are in soccer, but that first time a ball is played in, what when it touches your foot or your chest or your thigh, whatever you select, where does it go from there? Is it five yards from you? Because if it's five yards from you, the other team's probably going to get it. Um, is it away from pressure that's coming on to you? So the way that's done is simply command of the ball, and a lot of people think that they can pl- need to play for the best travel team that goes to all the best tournaments, and that doesn't always develop players. People say, well, that's where they develop better competition. Yeah, the game is a good teacher, and I, I agree with that, but we can throw our kids out there way too quick and not work on, you know, this happens in basketball. you got to teach the kids how to cross over dribble, you know, or back out of a tight spot, and that's what I would recommend them doing, and that other stuff, it'll come. The act of playing, that'll, <laughs> that'll come, right? Right. Well, it's like taking a golf going and get a bag of balls or a bucket of balls and hitting the same club over and over and over and over. That's how you get better. You don't get better playing 18 holes all the time. You do, you can, but that's like going to a bunch of tournaments. Baseball does that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you'd probably like to take your son out and just work on his bunt, just toss 50 balls at him. You know, that's a kind of the equivalent or hit a hundred ground balls to him mm-hmm. over and over and over and over until he doesn't have to think about it. You know, and that's, I think that's the best thing. And so what we, I'm, we don't want to stifle the kids either. So what I'm hearing is you're saying practice, practice, practice is where it's at. If you have a good coach, and if I, if I coach your kid, I feel like I can teach them a lot in practice. Of course, I don't, I have the advantage that a lot of local people don't have. And I'm not saying they shouldn't play at all. I would never say that. But um, some coaches that don't have as, the background, the best thing for them to do is put them in games. But really, the, the if you have a team that plays 11-on-11, 11 11, practice 4-on-4, 3-on-3, it's like 2-on-2 two two in basketball or 1-on-1. One one. You really develop the game into its smaller parts. Yeah. And then you can kind of pull the extra away from it. It's more in basketball where it would be more hands on the ball time and soccer would be more mm-hmm. feet on the ball sure. time. Yeah. And the spacing is so similar. You've got to have – width on the field you have to have you have to balance the field if, if all your players in basketball are on the same side of the court you got a spacing problem so we have to teach that and when they play young they play bumblebee soccer and they swarm and you you have to learn how to use that to your advantage one of the biggest responsibilities i've had in the past is training young coaches or new coaches even if they're older to try to try to use the little kids minds to your advantage because you're not going to Make them not self-centered, yeah, and that kind of thing. But I like what soccer does with the small-sided numbers, and we have the width and the depth and the balance. And in soccer and in basketball, they don't call it that, but you space the floor. You know, you you look for the other team to get to sleep, and you play it in behind them. 
you don't usually have kids line up like a track meet and chip over the top and score. Yeah. You have to have the forward distracting on one side while someone from the other side runs through them and they diagonal ball through the gap and run onto it, not off sides. Yeah. I've learned something. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Andy. There is a my hand who plays soccer. Did you know this? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, she lives in McCracken County, and her dad uh, is Brandon. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so she is has been playing soccer. So there is, there is get, hope for the she game. She would get fifty percent better if she crossed the line. I've only told him that. I've, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I tell people I was twenty years ahead of the game on this whole yes. moving from Reedland to Marshall County uh-huh. thing. I'm telling. You, we got. I've gotten one classroom last year, like four kids from Reedland. Yeah, great kids too. Probably they were. Their parents care about their education. Yeah, most of us, most of us were really great. You know, uh, Andy, you've talked about the various parts of soccer. Let's talk about your family. It's oh, got to no. be, it's got to be tough on your family for you to put as many hours as you do. But t- talk to us about that. Well, my anniversary was Monday night, and I'd already prearranged a soccer function. She wasn't mad. It's like she's like, I think the the what got me off the hook was she had had LASIK surgery and. She didn't, you know, she was kind of out, bummed out of things anyway. So uh, she wasn't upset with me, but it it wears. It's whenever they ask me about family, I said, "Is Jill happy that you're going to be the? You could be the head soccer coach." I said, "She knows I want it. Is she thrilled that I'm going to be gone from three to eleven thirty on some nights if we're playing on the road?" No, I said, "She knows I want it badly," and. We're pretty solid in our marriage. Of course, there's Janie, who's the ten year old, and they've she's grown up around it her entire life. And Hallie did to a too as well, but Hallie's no longer playing. But they miss me, and Janie would cry that I wasn't there, and it was hard. It, it is hard. I'm getting, I think, in the I guess say the twilight of my high school coaching career, and I don't want to be the old coach who retires the old coach. I, I'm a teacher, and I've put in since 1994. I've been coaching. And then I coach youth, and I'm just, um, you know, you, you can only put so much in, and there's going to be a point where it's time for someone else. Well, talking about your, you know, you talked about your family, you talked about your coaching. Let's talk about the success you've had. Won two regionals, and you've been the coach four years, is that correct? The head yes, coach? Sir. You've won two regionals. You've mm-hmm. been the regional coach of the year three times. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that just speaks to the success. We've only of, had the award three times. You're, you're you're the only yes exactly i mean i'm, I'm gonna th- try to steal your legend here yeah throw it hey yeah. take it this, this is the legend podcast now that okay. doesn't necessarily mean i'm the only I legend did, i do count the votes i am the tallier by the way so have you had to stuff ballots anything like that no i actually i haven't I've, it's an honor and a lot of the guys that have that play in the region uh i coached against in the past or i've coached coached them really so I'm kind of the not the dean or whatever, but I'm the old guy on the block. Even though I haven't been the head coach as long as many, some of them have. And how rewarding is that to see That's guys that you've rewarding. coached? It's yeah. very rewarding, and, and I tell you what, my success is relative. I mean, we are first region Kentucky, and it's not the soccer bastion of the world, but I know we're the focal point, you know, Marshall County, and it's uh, something we're proud of. But you know, it is an honor when you've got the coach uh, Doug Shelt over it. St. Mary and Doug was over at Lyon, and Martin's son is at uh, Murray High. 
I said, I think Lewis was at the line. Did I say that? Anyway, Martin's at Murray. Uh, Brandon Morris, a guy I coached the one year that I was at Callaway, has been the coach at Callaway. He's gone now, but it's Mark Kennedy was the head coach. I think you know Mark Kennedy. Yes, I From Reedland was at Callaway. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it's a it's a tight fraternity, and uh, you know we we look after each other. We're competitors. We want to beat each other badly, but in the end, we we go to clinics together, and it's very rewarding. And the youth coaches for the top club teams in the area, the older ones, you know, played for us. Brian Blevins, also an assistant of mine at the high school level, and I say Donnie Heath, my top assistant. I coach at club at Brian Smothers. Uh, we're talking about Marshall County, Dathan Arant. All the all the places that people will play, pay their kids to play in the off season, the top teams are there from the Marshall County coaching branch. And I've coached. I can't take all the credit. Don't get me wrong. They were good in their own right. And they're good people. It's tight. We can call each other up and work together on a lot of things. You know, Marshall County has has had a long sports history, yes. a long sports tradition. But I think it needs to be said that probably one of if not the most successful sport i guess other than maybe girls basketball at marshall county girls soccer girls soccer way up there 17 for them yeah 17 regional titles now how many do the boys have uh 14 in 2014 14 in, in 14 <laughs> and that's since 1988 um since we went to the regional format the we started our program in 83, so we've won since the first one, since our first winning season in the format where we had we had district and region. We've won half of them. I mean, that that's just an incredible... I need to think about that sometimes because we get on down and we expect to win every year. That's the thing we do, and we, we feel like we let one get away. And there have been years we've had a four-, five-, six-year drought, and it seems like it's been forever. And then we won back to back a couple times, and then we got it going every other year. The year, the ones we've lost, those are the ones that stick with you, though. the The heartbreaking loss uh, to Heath, which was so much better than we were my first year. We lost in a shootout. We we're uh, a nice play and a nice player who is out for the game away from from the regional. Actually, it was a semis, but it was the regional championship for all intent and purposes. Well, one of the best teams, the deepest team was two seasons ago where we lost in the regional finals to Graves County. That was a killer. It came down to shootout. And the week before in the district finals, we beat them 5-0, and they developed a plan and, I guess, outcoached us and outplayed us and shocked us. And we can, you know, we, we're proud of our record and what we've done. We're one of the winningest programs in the state, one of the top three. Uh, outside of the Golden Triangle, uh, we're one of the most respected programs. Finally, the only team outside of that, Louisville and Lexington, and there's been one team from Northern Kentucky, Ryle, Bowling Green has won it twice. Wow! Outside of that, that that's incredible. I mean, that's it. Really has surged to go from the infancy when we were really sure. playing, or well, I didn't obviously I didn't play soccer. Sure, but I know what you uh, mean. but in, from when we started out to where we are now, it is it is quite a journey. So what is what is the thing you're most proud of, or the as as the coach? Well, I, I'm the guardian of the program that I was a part of, and I, you know, I'm a history teacher, but I value the history of the program, and sometimes it can be a hindrance in a way. And I was I worry about I won't lie I worry about my legacy as a head coach because I know as a player what we did, I know as an assistant coach what we did, and and I want to be there or top that, but in the increasing par- uh, parity and other programs getting better it's being it's more and more difficult all the time 
it's humbling to be that the person I designate myself as the guardian and the face of the program. But that's one thing I really take very seriously. And my assistants are Marshall County former players, except the new one we're going to bring on. He went to Callaway to train the goalkeepers. But, you know, we feel that we not only are serving our team, but teams past and uh, teams future. We are a program, not a team. And we've seen Lone Oak go through coaches rotating. The teams that have had the success are the ones that have had the stability. And with Steve Sun there for so long and then Don Walker there so long, that's been a huge part of it. It's almost like you build your base. Yes, sir. And, and you know, it's fundamentals. We talk about this in, in baseball. You know, you, you build your base. Your base is your fundamentals. And so as a program, Marshall County has built its base. Mm-hmm. You're producing the young players. You're mm-hmm. getting good numbers. You bring them up. You teach them how to play correctly. And, and we face just, that. We yeah. face those same struggles. We face the same problems you might face in baseball where so young, they're so young and they want to get them on the road and travel every weekend. And sometimes you just got to stay home and work on the basics. And we run into that. As a head coach, I I would like to see more fundamentals. You know, And, and I talked to the basketball coaches. If I said, you know, my daughter doesn't play, but if I ever coached basketball Little League, what would you want me to do? If I ever did that, I would ask, or I'd, I'd talk to you if it was baseball or Mike Johnson, what do these kids need? And so often, though, the temptation is, and there's some prestige involved, can I play for this club or that club? And, you know, can we go to Memphis this weekend and win that tournament? And, you know, Marshall County produces a lot of great 10-year-old teams, but we've got to realize it's hard for our community. We battle do you want to make them awesome when they're 10 or have the patience and invest in them so they're better when they're 16? Yeah, I know something you talked to us off mic is your Dynamo team. Would you like right. to talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, Marshall County Youth Soccer was – we had the competitive teams for years, and we just kind of got – we were the pioneers. And then there was the regional club. It was uh, – Jackson purchased there for a while. And they've changed to West Kentucky. Now they're PAO, which is Panthalonikos. It's a Greek organization. And they they came in and made the big splash. Well, the rules have gotten – we've gotten so restrictive in our coaching. Coaches have to be certified by the youth organizations. It's it's hard to do. And I'm, I've got that, but it's hard to get young coaches involved in doing that. We pretty much were doing such a lousy job with our competitive program, and it was hurting us. Our rec program, we're spinning our wheels. We shut down our competitive program for about a year and a half. We focused on our rec to build our numbers. And then we built those up and we decided we're going to bring our competitive side back. And you know how Storm has the recognizable name in all the different age groups. We're the same name. We're Dynamo. My girls are the 05 because that's the year 2005. 05 Dynamo girls. And the year below us is 06 Dynamo. And the boys above us are 04 Dynamo. So when we go out, people know who we are. We're starting to establish ourselves. We are. We were losing players because the clubs were flaking off about three or four of our players, which were not allowing the other kids to fully form a team. So they weren't. The idea was, well, everyone's going to get better. There's this larger pool. The other the clubs would only have like one exclusive team, and the only teams can only have 12, 12 kids on a regional team. Doesn't give time for kids to develop. So we brought back Dynamo, and at our core, we are a Marshall County team because our kids were quitting. We were just, they weren't, we've got a hole at middle school right now we're trying to fill, but our kids were quitting, so we brought back Dynamo, and we 
we aren't orange, we're navy, so we don't have to be only Marshall County. We are welcoming a limited amount of people from the outside to bolster our rosters. I've got two kids from Murray on my team right now, and we can have three. So we have a bylaw that says most of the, I think it's 75% must be Marshall kids. We're growing, and my particular team, has the, the we have 17 girls on our team, which is a lot. That's enough to field. we got to train people to understand you don't need to pick the 12 best kids when they're little because later down the road, we have to put 11 on the field. So keep those kids that you think might not be good yet. You know, maybe it's the Blake Myhans that are clumsy when they're eight. I'm not saying Blake was clumsy. No, he, he was. He was, no doubt. Look what he can become. Mm-hmm. And um, some of our best surprises are the ones that are blossoming day in and day out and the ones that y- you can't get too excited about when your 10-year-old is the best on the team because they won't be. And do you see that in other sports, too? I mean, I know Absolutely. I see that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's, well, my son scored, averaged 22 points. My grandson, you know, uh, started every game, at, and their fifth-grade team was undefeated. So? I'm happy. I mean, yeah. I'm happy for that. But what's frustrating to me is when I hear people say, and it happens in soccer, my kid, all the other kids weren't as good as mine, so we wanted to go somewhere else where they could – because the other kids were holding them back. And I, I, I always think, is it so bad? Someone's got to be the best player on the team. Yeah. What's wrong with that? And I'll tell you what, your kid won't be. You can celebrate their greatness now, but you got to wait till they're about your age to right, for that. But That's right. But, you know, don't I, – I, my Janie, she's a good little athlete. She's on the, she's on the curve we talked about, the, the right curve. She's a solid player. She's well-rounded. She's not the best player. She will dis- disappoint if she hears me say that. She's my favorite player, and I love her the most, but she's on the right trajectory and the right path, and I'm not going to celebrate all the great things she does because I know she's going to get better in some areas and worse in others. The, the kids that are scoring all the goals now, I hope they can stay that way, but we know that won't happen. We can all think of the kid that was the middle school stud, but the high school dud. And that's an expression we use a lot. I think back, and I'm not going to say his name, but there was a kid that I played with uh, in Little League or Quarry League, <laughs> sure. I guess you'd say, in Paducah, that was the worst player on our team, struck out every – he either walked or struck sure. out. And years later, uh, at Legion tryouts, I haven't seen him in years, uh, he shows up to Legion tryouts, and I think, man, what is he doing here? You know, he'll never make the team. Makes the team. Ends up getting a college scholarship to play baseball in a mere five years, or actually named quite five years, four years before. That kid couldn't do anything. Now that you've got to stick with those kids, and one of the things about Dynamo is we keep too many kids. And my daughter gets frustrated. Why do we have tryouts, Dad? It's like, well, we we're gonna find a place for this kid, and this kid's gonna contribute, and we're gonna maybe we'll bust up into two teams when we play sometimes, and everyone's gonna play. And everyone's going to practice, and everyone's going to be treated the same, and we're going to build something that we can be proud of over time. And she doesn't understand that. Yeah. But that's what we we're trying to do. So we've got some kids that are struggling, and those are the the most rewarding ones are the ones you say they can't chew gum and walk. Cody Forsyth played baseball and soccer, and he was a clumsy, shy kid, and he now he's uh, pitching uh, uh, for the Phillies organization. Uh, he. He played for, went to Carbondale, SIU. He wasn't a bad athlete when he was a kid, don't get me wrong, but he was a scrawny little late bloomer. You never know. There are know. too many of those stories. Yeah. 
too many of them. You never know. You know, I was I was actually speaking to Doc Heidegg this morning, the old Legion coach sure, at Paducah. Sure. Now, Doc Heidegg was the Legion coach, and he he's already done a podcast for us here. All right, but uh, he uh, he was telling us on the podcast, and then he even reiterated it to me today. He said, "You know, I took eighteen kids on our baseball team, which everyone said that's way too many for baseball. Sure. But he he played double headers. Sure. Second game, he played the kids who you know maybe the lower tier kids, and he said, or blend uh, them depending on your opponents. Yeah, and he said that that was what that is what sustained his years of success is that he never had a group." come through that didn't have experience he always had experienced kids because he played younger kids uh-huh. and got them experience and all i have to do as a head coach more this year is is play the kids early that i don't feel comfortable playing yet so when we get tournament time they're ready and you have to i told my assistants make sure i do that you know make sure i stick that kid out in a comfort an uncomfortable situation hey we lose we lose a couple games will that matter at the end when someone maybe gets hurt, it's depth. You just said it. Does anyone remember when you if you win the region, does anyone care that you went ten and eight? Not really. We've done that a lot of times in yeah. our no. But they it, remember you won the region that they year, know right? We won the region. I I could tell you so many teams that we we struggled through. Maybe it's because of some injuries. Maybe we just didn't have our act together. We always play the toughest schedule we can. We might go into the postseason 10 and 8 and no one wants to play us because yeah. they know 10 and 8 is not we might be in the middle of the KHSAA charts for the region we might look like we're the third fourth best team out of you know 12 now before you play the team in the state tournament or the regional they don't pull the charts out and look to see no to start the game right no sir no sir <laughs> do not and we've got so much stability on our staff we can relay that to the kids mm-hmm. is it hard to get that across to the parents it it is it to a degree. I mean, Darren is harsh as you think. They they've got a little more patience. What what's hard is as a coach, I I don't bring out the old. Well, here's what we did in '05 when we were awesome, and you're not. You know, that's they probably roll their eyes when I mentioned a certain team that. But we've all got a story. Hey, look, we've seen this. We've had teams that went in even 500 into the postseason. We can say we, we had the team that went undefeated in the region and in the district like ours did this past year, but the other time we did that, lost in the first game of the district tournament. That was painful. That was in the year I was a coach there. That's not the reason, but we can point to that. I coached those kids when they were younger, and, and that's the, my assistant coach was one of those seniors. said, you do not want that to happen to you. Of course, we, we won everything out. That's not why, but you have to remind them we can trip in yeah. any moment. Well, you know, but talk, you can rise. Talking about the kids, I would ask this question. I don't think we've covered this on the podcast. When you're selecting your team, mm-hmm. you know, I know Doctor Heidegg talked about that he looked for potential in kids, not necessarily what the player was mm-hmm. as he picked them, but what he thought they could be. What's yes. your philosophy on picking players, or what are you looking for? Well, when we have tryouts like we're going to do with Dynamo, what we have some quantifiable evidence of speed and all that but i like to take i'm i'll tell the other coaches you can do that i'm okay we need some evidence of numbers but i want to go out and watch three on three and who has i want to see kids coached and if they make the mistake and we correct them do they fix it are they coachable and one of the things i had a player robert blankenship this year fantastic kid valedictorian top notch character 
he was the kid that was the first team all region, but every time he played and every time he practiced, he was it looked like he was trying to make the team. You know, that's we try to pick potential. Robert was not a good player when he was younger. I can show you pictures. He didn't look very athletic at all. Now his chest has its own Twitter account because he's so strong. So does Jeff Stokes' hair, by the way. <laughs> it it's has its own Twitter account, correct? Yes, yes, I've heard that. I've seen that. Yes, actually. it's pretty funny. Yeah. Clever. But Rob's chest has its own Twitter account. But I look for the best chemistry. Uh, you don't always play the – some will say you got to put the best 11 out there, basketball, the best five. Yes and no. Sometimes it really – and it matters who you finish the game with too. Tyler Eulis was out there a lot at the end of the game. That's right. Okay. Um, and I'm not a UK fan, but I was a fan of those players. Yeah. You can't help it. That's it too. And I had a starter that I took some – criticism for starting him and sticking with him but his teammates and he were so close and, and it's uh, a chemistry it thing, is right? absolutely a chemistry thing and we might and i love to see strength off the bench the surprise kid uh, a streaky kid maybe a fast kid uh, a kid that you have to really convince and michael cross was that for a year team yes, senior. He, was. he was the he embraced it and sometimes you got to find a, a 12th man you know and, and say look and, and you know, a lot of times it's a kid that's versatile. You can play in any position. Wherever someone's messing up, you're going there first. And it's a compliment to you. You have to convince them that. There's so many things you look at. And like I said, it can vary from situation to situation, team to team, game to game, year to year. But by and large, I try to pick the potential and the ones that have the best chemistry. We're talking with Andy Pagel here, uh, Marshall County's uh, head soccer coach. This this podcast is so good because they're there forever. It immortalizes you, and it's like the old Pogue Library at Murray State. You've, it kind of uh, is a treasure trove of information, and someday someone's going to stumble upon this, and, and uh, this could we're, be the subject of someone's Ph.D. thesis. We're hoping they stumble sooner than later. Our big thing and in, in one of the reasons we want to do this podcast is there's a lot of good history here in Western Kentucky as far as coaches, as far as things to be learned. There's a history standpoint, and then there's also the standpoint of people who want to help their children be better athletes, be sure. to learn about, and even guys who want to get into coaching. Hey, who better to learn who, to be a coach from than successful coaches? Mm, appreciate that, and, and that's you know that's one reason we really wanted you on here. It's been great. So again, sure. we're closing with uh, Andy Pagel, the Marshall County head boys soccer coach. But Andy, we enjoyed it, and thank you. No, I appreciate it. Again, I'm humbled, uh, honored. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun, and and I appreciate the respect you're showing for the different programs you're teaching. Thank you.